0: That place was nuts last night. That was louder than LSU. That was louder. It's the loudest game I've ever
1: been to. I didn't hear Rocky Top one time. What's up, Georgia football fans? You are listening to episode 329 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. My name is Scott Duvall, and my two co-hosts, Will Leach and Tony Waller, will be bringing you this quick post-game show of Georgia's 27-13 victory over the previously college football playoff-ranked Number one, Tennessee Volunteers. So, while Will and Tony were recording this episode, I was editing a video that I'd like for you all to watch. I spent all day yesterday filming and documenting the tailgate scene, getting score predictions. You'll, in fact, see Tony in the video with some very good points that he makes about the fans at Sanford Stadium. I was also filming game action from my seats, and it's a definite highlight reel of Saturday with clips of the unexpected downpour and all of the touchdowns. The link to the YouTube video will be in the show notes of this episode. Okay, that's it for me. Let's hear what the guys thought about this awesome victory yesterday, and here's Will to kick it all off.
2: Hello. This is the waiting Since Last Saturday postgame podcast for Tennessee. Georgia won. They beat Tennessee. I'll be darned. Um, I'm Will Leach here with Tony Waller. Uh, Just the act of trying to get lunch at Panera was difficult today. Everything's nuts, (laughs) Tony. Everyone's still pretty wild up and fired up. Um, I was watching with you at your tailgate when... Those Weisenheimers on ESPN Game Day, which might have been in Champagne the next week if they had not lost to Michigan State yesterday, but as those Weisenheimers went four for four, picking the uh, picking Tennessee over Georgia, there was some sort of country music person that I didn't know but was wearing a Georgia jersey, and he picked uh, he, he he picked uh, Georgia. Good for him. He was correct. Uh, but we all week. Uh, I've said a number of people I ran into at tailgates yesterday that said to me, I was really worried about this game until I listened to your guys' show. <laughs> I feel so much better. Uh, we were obviously right, as we always are. Uh, quite a vibe there on on Saturday. But really, kind of Georgia jumps out to a big lead and decides, oh, okay, we'll just be Wisconsin the rest of the way. And it worked. And now Georgia has gone from, wow, if they lose this game, they're not making the playoff, too okay, the rest of college football can just chill out, can, can fight for our last four spots because the top spot's ours.
0: Yeah, so I've, I, any questions, college football? Any questions? Okay, <laughs> none. We'll move on. Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's funny. I will say that – we'll talk about the scene in a minute. I will say that um, I, I didn't think of it exactly in these terms. We were doing the podcast on Tuesday night because, you know, the rankings literally came out as we logged on. But I think the best possible thing that could have happened was them ranking Tennessee one and us three. Uh, because, look, we can pretend like the 18 to 27 or eight or nine year old set, however Brett Thorson is, um, you know, that played Georgia football for Georgia. We can say, well, that stuff gets around that. Clearly it didn't, but also it didn't for the crowd. Look, the whole game, uh, as it wound down, I was thinking, Georgia could be win this game by twenty seven points if they wanted to, uh, and that's not to say that they they didn't want to win big. It's just like, and, and we'll talk. I'll, I'll I'll talk about some drive stats in a minute, but they just really manhandled Tennessee on, on both sides of the ball, nearly from the get go. That was borne out because when the, the SP plus the the win percentages came out this morning, uh, with with Bill Conley stuff, it was twenty six point adjusted margin of victory win according to his stats, and that's exactly how it felt. Uh, it could have been, I mean, yeah, it could have been twenty-one points uh easily. I think Georgia could have scored at least one more time. Uh but but Carby's like, Nat, we're we have we have everything it takes to sit on them because we have absolutely owned them. We've made them look silly. And uh yeah, yeah, I've I've been saying all season Georgia is the is the top of the sport and uh yesterday they bore that out.
2: Really? From the beginning, right? <laughs> I think you know what it's funny. If this had not been number one or number two, depending on your poll, Tennessee, if this would have not been game day, if this would have not been, you know, um the biggest generally considered one to be one of the biggest matchups in the game of this entry, as they all say. If you'd have told me heading into the season that Georgia and Tennessee would play a game like this, I would thought, yeah, that's probably about right. Like this play, they play Tennessee like they I expect them to play against Kentucky. Or I yeah. expect them to play against Mississippi State. Right? Like the and listen, Tennessee is obviously better. And listen, Tennessee's playoff hopes are far from over. <laughs> I would say, particularly with a lot of the other stuff that kind of went down uh on Saturday. But what's kind of funny about that game is it felt like like Vanderbilt's too low, but this is what I expected the Missouri game to be like. Yeah. Like you know, and I think that's what's so interesting about this game. For all this talk about like the deep, the quick strike game against T- Tennessee has against Georgia's down the field, and this defense and the run of the pass rush, they basically beat them the way that I always expect them to beat everybody. And I think that's kind of the most remarkable thing about it. If it weren't for the context. This looks like every other Georgia game that they win. They physically dominate. They take a lead. They take an early lead. They have the quick strike if they have to, but otherwise they just sit on it. And – uh, to me, that was the most remarkable thing, not just that they beat this Tennessee team that, as it turns out, is probably not 2019 LSU, but they beat them in the way that they beat everyone. Uh, that they were more fired up about it, but they were, I didn't really feel like Georgia was spectacular. They were just Georgia, and I think that was maybe the most impressive part about it.
0: Yeah, I think the thing that most uh, stood out to me was a, a line that I read this morning. I, it probably was you know a national writer. But it was, you know, Georgia being excellent at every position across the field on both sides of the ball. Yo, twenty-two players all working together to a common goal, and that sounds almost like a T-shirt saying or whatever. It's like, you know, they just they they do the they do everything consistently well for sixty minutes, and when you do that uh, with the talent that Georgia has, with the scheming and the ability of your offensive and defensive coordinators. Prepare you and put you in a position to succeed, you're going to win an awful lot of football games. When you think about it, though, if you had scripted out a way for a game to start against this Tennessee team, at least what we thought this Tennessee team was, it could not have been more like, oh my God, you know, they deferred as, uh, um, which, you know, I did not expect that. Uh, But, you know, then we turned around and fumbled the ball on the sixth play of the drive at the 47. And it was like, okay, here we go. And it felt a little bit like a win when we held them to a field goal there. But that was the last time they did anything until like their longest drive that ate up four and a half minutes and got a field goal 11 plays, 56 yards. If you had told me that they were going to have multiple drives of uh, over four minutes and they were only going to score 13 points, I, I would have been like, uh, yeah, okay, I'll take that. Because, uh, you know, we, we, the thing we were all worried about was explicitness. Their longest play was 28 yards. They were uh, one for five on pass plays, 20 yards down the field. One for five. And, you know, the, the and that, you know, one of those was an interception. Keely Ringo just like, Achille Ringo team, he just like out positioned a receiver that people think may be all SEC. When you do that, and then you also, when you also make, a quarterback who hasn't been rushed, uh, hasn't been hurried, but about 35 times on the season, you do it 20, if his 27 or 30 dropbacks, yeah, you're going to win a lot of football games. And that's what happened yesterday. Georgia was clearly the better team. Kirby Smart and his coaching staff out-coached Josh Heupel. Should be no surprise. And, <laughs> well, this might be a good way to transition into the crowd. Yeah, Eric Ainge was wrong. <laughs> yeah, and he admitted it. After the game, he did admit oh, yeah. it after the game. Yeah, give, I'll give him credit. Give, he did not Danny Canella it and start trying to explain it away or start blocking people.
2: And it is worth noting that, like, listen, you know, I understand that Tennessee was the Alabama game. They were hot in that game. That crowd was a really hot crowd. Georgia came ready, and I have to say, uh, we had, you know, we spent a little time on the last week's show saying, hey, don't sell your tickets to Tennessee fans. Just don't. I don't think people did. No. <laughs> I saw a lot less orange than frankly I was expecting to see
0: yeah we at pregame we were speculating about how many people were going to be in there. I was like, ah, this feels like ten thousand uh, and a friend of mine uh who has some connections in the in the ticket world, i guess is the right way of saying it said that uh Tennessee did not request their full allotment tickets you're allowed you're allowed to request up to six thousand seats at, at, at for every SEC seats that includes you know your your presidential party and you're banned and everything. Tennessee only requested four thousand, which means anybody over that four thousand were paying the five, six, seven hundred dollars to sit in the six hundred level. There were not. It's easily under, easily under seven thousand, maybe sixty five hundred Tennessee fans there. I mean, I was I was a little afraid. I, I tweeted something about faculty and staff selling or giving away their tickets to Tennessee fans. We were fortunate that we didn't have. Very many. Right? We had one group of Tennessee fans kind of right down in front of us who had gotten seats from somebody. I'm, I'm pretty sure faculty staff because it's where I sit. Uh, and they were. It was a. It was a couple with kids, so they were not out of control. But they also were like they saw the writing on the wall pretty early. and Took off, especially when it started raining. Speaking <laughs> of the rain, oh yeah, have you ever been a stadium? Have you ever been a stadium? That got louder when it started raining. Oh, it I was mean, fun. People look, were excited. Look. Georgia fans, and rightly so, have gotten a little bit of a reputation. Travel well, but also like some their hands. That place was nuts last night. That was louder than LSU. That was louder. It was the loudest game I've ever been to. I didn't uh-huh. hear Rocky Top one time. Yeah, which right? is a blessing. <laughs> I, yeah, it's a blessing. And part of that was the that part of that was how, how hard how hard and well Georgia played defense. But I didn't hear Rocky Top one time. I heard like the Star Wars Death Burger thing. You know, I heard whatever it is they play on third down when Georgia had the ball. But anytime you know, even when they scored their touchdown, we were like lustily booing over the, the face mask call, which was a good call. We were lustily booing over that call that had happened like the drive before. The crowd was in it in an incredible way. And we, hey, we, we earned our fan stripes this week. I you know, whether you yelled or not, you showed up or you didn't you put your tickets in your pocket and didn't sell them to Tennessee fans, we earned our fan stripes this week.
2: Yeah, that was that was loud. <laughs> I always feel like you know LSU was one of the first games I ever went to, so it felt unbelievably loud in a way that I think my memory probably embellishes a little bit because it was so new. Uh, but it, this felt like that. Like this <laughs> felt like that. It was really like that from the beginning, and also too, it wasn't. Hmm. It wasn't like the Notre Dame game. Obviously it was 330 rather than seven or eight or whatever that game was. But also it was it felt more focused, if that makes sense. <laughs> it felt yes. like like yes. if it, it felt more uh less like novelty and more like, all right, this is we've all had and listen, we spent a lot of time on the show talking about how this has almost felt like a practice season, right? An idea of like, not practice season, but we've all just kind of been reacting a little bit to, hey, they won the championship or do we still have that fire in the belly? This was a fire in the belly game from a fan base. From the team, the team may actually just be doing what they're doing. <laughs> but uh, but the, from yeah. a fan base wise, this felt like the fan base stepping up uh, in a way that, I was a little nervous they weren't going to do this year, but they clearly are capable in our, our, our game. and are given. Now it's funny. I feel after this game, I feel so much more invested in this season. Not that I wasn't invested before. I do a weekly podcast where I talk about Georgia football. I'm obviously invested with what's going on, but it feels this game set a level of urgency. I thought for the team and for the fan base. now it's like, oh, okay, well, we're not only like, we're going to Atlanta. They're playing – they're probably going – Georgia's probably playing Atlanta on New Year's Eve right now. Like a lot of things are now right before him in a way that feels definitive because – like I'm not hearing a lot of people be like, hey, it was Oregon week one. You never know. Like Oregon now – like Tennessee just got wiped out like this and I still think Tennessee can make the playoff. It's possible the playoff is Georgia, one other – Ohio State and, and Tennessee and Oregon. (laughs) like that's an interesting place to be uh and i it just it feels like yep missouri was scary there was a little bit of wallace but listen all the time we're like listen you gotta figure it out as the season goes along you gotta get better you gotta figure out what you do that's clearly what they are this defense looks like this defense does not look like some defense that lost a bunch of pros they look terrific right now and it really feels like it's all coming together
0: yeah it's so and this is could be apocryphal but um, I was talking to, I, I was actually talking to Charlie, my son, who works at a local place in, in Watkinsville. And somebody came in recently with uh, that, that, you know, looked like they had some something to do with Georgia Athletics. And, you know, Charlie was like, hey, you know, something about, it was like something about the Florida game. He's like, yeah, they just, they lost focus for a little bit. That won't happen the rest of the season. And I, I'm willing to believe that now, right? Because, it is easy to look at what happened yesterday. Actually, it's easy to look what happened in the Oregon game It put exactly the same framework. There have been games where Georgia has played with less focus than they needed to, but they also had enough ability, talent, and, and coaching to fall back on to be in a position to come back. And we, we talked about this on the podcast on Tuesday, that if we played three quarters like we did against Missouri, we are not likely to be able to come back against Tennessee the way we did against Missouri, or maybe even not even weather a bad seven minutes of the third quarter in the way we did against Florida. I, I'm i not willing to say that Georgia won't enter into those places. I'm not willing to say that Georgia's, I, I probably will predict this on Tuesday, but I'm not willing to say today that Georgia won't lose to Mississippi State. But I am willing to say that if that team we saw yesterday shows up the rest of the games of the season not only will they play New Year's Eve in Atlanta, they'll be playing in Los Angeles on January 10th. And that is kind of what you always hoped for at the beginning of this. And Will, I think I agree with you. I am invested. Again, it's not the right way of, of saying it. I've got that, that old nervous excitement that yeah. I might not have had four weeks ago. I've got that now. Uh, and maybe I just need this game, right? I, maybe I needed to be invested in the same way the players were. And me being a part of the outcome, and I can't, like, Georgia was going to be Tennessee the way they'll play, but you can't convince me that Georgia's crowd and how much we were in it didn't both elevate the play of the Georgia football team, but also affected the play of the Tennessee Volunteers.
2: You can certainly tell from the fall starts, because there were a yes. lot of those, and a yeah. lot of those
0: maybe a little bit earlier than you might have thought. So I, I do want to take one second, because somebody asked me, it's like, when did you know that Georgia... When did, when did you feel comfortable Georgia was going to win? I'll tell you when I felt comfortable Georgia was going to win. So, Tennessee gets the ball to start the the second half, and I was like, okay, we stopped them here. I'm going to feel pretty good about chances because, you know, at that point, we thought, okay, Georgia can still, if if, if we stop them here, we're probably going to sit on them because we were discussing the, it's like what happens to the score. I said, so we're going to keep scoring. They're going to have to, they're really going to pick it up because they're going to score 21 points, right? Uh, then we have, and I think we can outscore them the rest of the way. But, That drive, when they came back, will Tennessee had the ball for five minutes and seven seconds. They ran 11 plays and got 25 yards. And more importantly, Georgia then took the ball, got the ball, held the ball for eight minutes and 44 seconds, drove 67 yards and 15 plays, and kicked a field goal. They they got the ball back with a minute left. It's 16 minutes left. When Georgia had just taken the ball and just rammed it down their throat for eight minutes, now look, I would have. It would have done me well to see one of those drives that ended in punts before we got the ball back and, and killed the game. It would have done me well to see another one of those drives. But the fact of the matter is, is one of those drives was eight, you know minus eight yards we took three minutes of clock. There, it's just Munkin and 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 the two headed defensive uh, uh, defensive coordinator between Schumann and Muschamp and Kirby and his staff. They, they pulled all the right levers. They had them ready. They knew what they were going to do. If you have told me we were going to sack Hooker three times, that we, they were not going to throw a pass play over 28 yards, that you know Georgia was going to hit two long pass plays, and you know, Stequavius St- St- is going to run the ball 13 yards on a busted play and then give the call me and point at the, the Tennessee fans, I would say, yeah, we're going to win the game by 25 points, and that's what way it felt. All
2: right, so you know who I got to meet? At the tailgate, I got to meet (laughs) uh, on on the day that Michigan State ruined Illinois' college football playoffs hopes. I got to meet their quarterback.
0: Oh, was was he at the tailgate? Was he down? Was he down the hill? Or was I saw him?
2: No, I saw him. He was out. We brought some buds. I saw uh, uh, Mr. Kelly, quarterback for Michigan State, and owner of Seven Six Apparel. I did see him. He was wearing Seven Six apparel. He was looking pretty handsome. I, I think he found it strange that I kept babbling to him about my shirtless children. <laughs> <laughs> He's not actually William is not William is William is not shirtless right now. But if he were shirtless, I would get him a shirt from 7-6 Apparel to wear right now. But I don't know how
0: I'd do it. Well, Will, I'm here to help you with that. If you will if way, a lot of ways you can do it, you can open your web browser, go to d76.com. Or, if you want, and this is your thing, you can go to social media, Instagram, at, at 76apparel, and also on Twitter at 76apparel. They are pretty actively out there doing their thing. Uh, and, Will, I know how much you hate shipping. So, if you go there, you enter code WSLS. Mr. Kelly and them will hook you up with free shipping. Which is, you know, it's just the right thing to do.
2: I was honored to meet to meet him and his friends. and uh, as I, saw, I saw a good... Part of the crew, and I meant it, by the way. A lot of people really did tell me that that they were terrified of this game, and we talked them off the ledge on our show, like we did for Scott, apparently. So uh, do not expect us always to be pooping sunshine, but uh, we were definitely pooping sunshine this week, and that was well-needed sunshine poop. So uh, you're welcome, Georgia listeners. Uh, We're not going to get into Illinois Michigan State. Because uh, that was sad. That's okay. Because it turns out Illinois was probably not going to make the college football playoff. We'll just move on to the bigger stuff that happened. Hey, uh, it is November 6th, Tony. And Alabama has lost twice. <laughs> Alabama has in lost conference. twice. In conference. <laughs> it is absolutely remarkable. And I got to tell you, uh, we talked about Georgia playing in the SEC championship game. Sure looks
0: like they're going to be playing LSU. Yeah, so all right, I have to give him a culpa here. I did not like the chip, uh, the, the chip Kelly, the Brian Kelly hire. There are a lot of reasons I don't. He can coach football a little bit. Um, I think maybe I am willing to say that it was his inability to recruit the players he needed to recruit uh, to Notre Dame that was holding him back. Uh, and, and, and here's the thing he didn't even recruit his own players at LSU, he's using that in our players. Uh, they lost a game at the end of the season to an FSU team that looked really good yesterday against a Miami team that did not look good at all. Um, but um, you know the their other, you know the, the they are. So their loss was Tennessee. Um, we're now living in a in the weirdest timeline where the SEC East is the power and um, LSU. I, I will have to give Brian Kelly all the credit in the world here. Uh, the way that team came back and played hard in the fourth quarter i thought they were going to fold up like a cheap table and didn't and when they came out and it was almost a foregone conclusion they knew what they were going to do when they got to overtime they were going to go for two there was stunning and the play they ran was beautiful and just you know look Brian Kelly crying joy is a tear i didn't think that was uh, tears of joy i yeah. didn't think that was possible but you know you're right uh, you know all lsu has to do is I mean, Alabama will Miss play this week, right? if if, if Alabama beats Mississippi, that's two losses with um, LSU having beat Mississippi and Alabama. It's uh, it's basically a foregone conclusion. Even though LSU will still have two games, two SEC games left to play, uh, they'd have to lose both of them to not get to Atlanta. Um, I was texting my friend Zach. He was pretty fired up last night. Uh, he says best game he's ever been to at uh, Tiger Stadium, and I, I can see why he's, why he thinks that
2: pretty remarkable um i gotta say watching that game it was really it was like wow like i mean again 2019 lsu was special for a lot of reasons not entirely having to do with the coach but like it was really it was fun watching them an lsu team play like their hair was on fire because they don't always play like that (laughs) and so and so i think that that to me was what was different right that 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 was that it's potentially long-term kind of scary if LSU starts playing, if LSU starts playing like they're coached by Brian Kelly, I guess <laughs> like it turns out he's a good coach. He's a good coach, and nobody cares about the accent. It'll be a good time all the way around. So, uh, and of course now and and listen, one game that I got right, I did not do well in the pick and pull, but I did get this game right. I did get Notre Dame right over Clemson. Um, that was Dabo called it the most disappointing uh, one of those is most disappointing days in coaching. Uh, Which is, I would argue, is one of, the therefore, by the transit of property, makes it one of my enjoyable days of college football watching. Uh, (laughs) If I'm being entirely honest, uh, because devil sucks. Uh, But yeah, good for Notre Dame, man. And I got to say, Clemson's out now. I don't see any possible way Clemson makes the playoff at this point. I would argue Alabama has a better chance of making the playoff right now. Two losses, yeah. Oh, yeah. uh, Than than Clemson does. And we'll see what the rankings come out. I think Georgia's clearly going to be number one. I think Ohio State, Michigan will be 2-3. We'll see if Alabama... You. Uh, T-C-U, to to we'll C-C-C- see if it's Alabama. Yeah. But, like, it is funny now. I mean, again, this is the 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 joy of that win. We went from there's no way they're going to be able to crawl back in the playoff if they lose this game to the rest of the college football world has organized itself now around Georgia. And yeah. uh, whatever happens will be what... <laughs> well, uh, Georgia will be... And right now, again, it's possible they lose to a Mississippi State or a resurgent Georgia Tech. Um, or even Kentucky. But the way things are getting set up right now, it looks like Georgia is going to be playing in the the SC Championship game on December 3rd in Atlanta and the first playoff game in the Peach Bowl December 31st in Atlanta. And then after that, we'll see. Uh, there are a few, it's difficult to come up with an easier path to the national championship game than playing two games uh, in Atlanta, uh, where you know well, and uh, and we'll see who they play in those games. But it really just seems to be setting up. And I, I don't think Alabama will see what all the numbers say for them being completely out. I will believe Alabama is dead when I see it, <laughs> if I'm being entirely honest. Because uh, 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 though I'm not sure Tennessee's out either. I would say Tennessee, where would you, if Alabama wins out, including if, if Alabama wins out, I still feel like Tennessee's going to get it over. Like yeah,
0: I, I think, think so, yeah. especially if Tennessee only has one loss. I don't, exactly. I don't see how you can put a two loss team in over the team that beat you, right? Uh, yeah. Over a one loss team and you lost to that team. Yeah.
2: Um, so I, I don't think this is the last we've seen. Of t- I, I, Tennessee, I think, could very much still be in the playoffs. I know. Yeah, I, I,
0: I, I, I think where it would get interesting if let's say, and wins out and they're a win-loss pack 12 champion, you're going to put them in a really interesting position of how much you discount a first game loss to Georgia versus a week nine loss to Georgia on in their house where you scored some points on them and you know, the whole thing. Uh, I think that's probably where you get the most interesting question, Tennessee versus whom. Um, or you know, do you slide in the loser of the Ohio State Michigan game. Yeah. It right? probably depends on the score there, right? If, you know, Ohio State Michigan's a blowout, it makes it easier for Tennessee or one loss or Oregon to get in. If that game is, uh, you know, a, a slobber knocker, you know, two point game or whatever, yeah, you probably end up seeing one of those two teams get in there before Tennessee and, and maybe even Oregon. But hey,
2: not a problem for Georgia because Georgia just beat Tennessee. And they hey, we got
0: a we got a business trip road game this Saturday night, though. That's true. Uh, That's true. That's true. Against Klangah. Against a Klanga. Yeah. Uh absolutely. but we did see that that maybe not such a big deal either. Auburn. They didn't team. Yeah, yeah. 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 Auburn I mean, face. Auburn
2: almost came all the way back, right? Almost came right. all almost all the way back from that game. All
0: right. Well, we'll
2: discuss that on Tuesday. Uh, but uh pretty wild fun weekend. I I think we'll have plenty to recap with uh with scott for the big show when we preview mississippi state though i wonder if a big part of that show is just going to be kind of recapping what this weekend was because it was pretty wild uh all right uh tony i will talk to you on tuesday wild awesome just a really great fun weekend all around um congratulations and hey go dogs
0: go dogs
1: and thanks so much for listening make sure to head on over to the76.com and order some apparel you definitely need some Use code WSLS at checkout for free shipping. And note this, you still have until Tuesday at around maybe noon to send us a question. It can be about anything. The best question that Will and Tony pick, that author of that question, will win a free 7-6 apparel shirt of their choice. You can DM us on Instagram and Twitter at WSLS Podcast, or send us an email to WSLS at gmail.com. What a Saturday in Athens it was. Keep a lookout for our new show this week with our Georgia versus Mississippi State preview episode, and we'll see you back on campus in a few weeks. And as always, go dogs!